Alex Carell is one of over 70,000 Google Career Certificate graduates. The Google Career Certificate program completely changed the trajectory of my life. I've always been interested in computers, but I never thought I could turn this into a career. Anytime I got a little break, I just pop open the course on my phone. That allowed me to have that path into a career that I'm passionate about. Train online for in-demand jobs in IT, UX design, data analytics, project management, and more. Visit grow.google/certificates. This episode is brought to you by the NHL on TNT. When it comes to hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are built different. Experience the intensity and insanity on the ice and off it. Starting May 5th on TNT and TBS. Get ready for seven game rounds of knockdowns, dragouts, pressure and agony as teams go head to head without ever letting up. The Stanley Cup playoffs are known for more than just a few cracked ribs and black eyes. Pushing through pain is the name of the game. With so much edge of your seat action, you'll refuse to shave or change your sweater. Don't say we didn't warn you. Ready to feel the rush? Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs beginning May 5th on TNT and TBS. Good evening, Honey Hole Hangout. What's up? I like that. It was a nice little, uh, little crescendo. Like, little crescendo, yeah. yeah. Is it just me or does it smell like up dog in here? What's up dog? Not much. What's up with you? <laughs> oh, man. You know, I try to get that joke or my kids with that joke and none of them knew. Like they would it's always. Because you got to say like it's busting or something now. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, no. What is it? Uh, they they make up words every other day. It's ridiculous. Is it ever in any of their reports that you were signal? Like, does someone just throw in, like, colloquial slang? They don't. But also, like, this year with everything being online, it, I was lucky if I got a full sentence. It was like... Um, B-R-B-T-T-Y-L. Yeah, <laughs> no. Or more realistically, they would answer the multiple choice and just leave the, like, the, the open essays, and it went blank. Yeah. Well, was, guys, real fun. welcome to Honey Hole Hangout. This is the 50th episode. Can you guys believe we made it this far? 50, man. That's pretty intense. That's like, This is like a milestone. Yeah. yeah it means we've, that we've already almost done it a full year. Two more episodes in it's a full year. But then yeah. I'm sure we've, sk- we've, we've skipped, skipped two, two episodes. Weeks. Yeah, two weeks. So that puts us right out of a year. Yeah. We Not started this podcast a year ago. Not quite. We started in August, I thought. I don't know. How no, many? We, we, there's 52 weeks a year. Yeah. I don't know how we got here. Though. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> Oh, wait, you know what? We're two weeks away. We will be in August in two weeks. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that is yeah, true about. because we're our schedule's kind of wonky right now. Yeah, it was yeah. like the first week of August we started. When uh-huh. this podcast comes out. It'll be the it last will, week of July, which yeah, will put us. Yeah, when we start. So it's our year anniversary. It's our anniversary. <laughs> hey. Hey. Well, if it's your first time joining us, we've done 50 podcast episodes where we talk about hunting, fly fishing, and you're also a year behind, so go back. Cooking. Yeah. Each, yeah, one, you're, yeah. each one gets worse from here. You know, yeah. like just keep going, start at 49, 48, and it'll just uh, get worse. Yeah. We talk about hunting, fly fishing, <laughs> cooking, outdoors, fun stuff we like to do. Pooping. Pooping. That comes. It, how I, to poop outside. I didn't think it was going to come up today, but 50th, or 50th episode, I guess. You know, it would be a crime. You it, know, yeah, I we, have a story to tell you. So when, <laughs> when McKenna and I were dating, um, uh, 
we, for one of our birthdays, we were like really into camping at this point, and we were going camping a lot. And for her birthday, I got her a uh, uh, shovel so she could dig a hole <laughs> and a book that's titled How to <laughs> in the Woods. Nice. <laughs> I, we still have that book. I'm going to bring it one day to you guys. So, Cliff, you can read it and see if you learn any That'd new material. That would be kind of nice. I don't think I will. No? I feel like I mean, if I I'm gave pretty Ken- much a veteran in that now. <laughs> yeah. I feel like if I gave Kendall a shovel at any point in our relationship, it would not have been great. She probably just like opened the door and ran out. She would have been gone? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. You don't know. I think you're not giving her enough credit. Maybe, I think maybe I, I also gave I her like trowel. a nice like gift that someone would appreciate. Well, that's what it is. It's not a full-blown shovel. It's no, a trowel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but still. We live in an apartment. What are you going to Happy birthday. For? <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. That's this is the worst gift after. <laughs> exactly. So you can poop in the woods. <laughs> All right, guys. Tonight we're drinking. I don't want to hear you complaining no more. <laughs> All right, guys. Don't ever say I never did nothing fancy for you. <laughs> Episode Stop 50. tell me that's not love. Uncut. <laughs> hey, uh, who are we? Have we introduced ourselves? Yes, we have. <laughs> I already mentioned that we have... Uh, we've, we, been, we've been drinking we've whiskey been for here long. for a while. <laughs> yeah. We've been here since 7, and it is 9, and we've been... I don't even know. We've been here you before the show crew, showed up at yeah. like 6... He was here at like five thirty. Yeah, cigars, cigars, whiskey. Uh, it's a fiftieth episode celebration. That's right. We've been drinking whiskey, having some cigars, chilling, having a good time, trying to figure out how to make this podcast better for you guys. Exactly. So tonight we are drinking, have been, and am continuing to drink. Yep. Until it's gone. Smoke wagon bourbon donated by Gabe. Thank you, Gabe. Thank you, Gabe. Also, we would like to issue a formal apology. For finishing off a bottle of Blanton's that we were not supposed to. Yeah. We didn't know he had not tried it yet. Yes. Oopie. I can't believe that we opened a bottle and no, we finished didn't. it all. I think he so he got the bottle. It was already open. Yep. Yeah. Somebody shared the bottle with him, and then he shared it with us before he got a chance to drink any of it. So and then we killed it. Form- <laughs> <laughs> Formal it apology. Yay. We're true. sorry. Yeah. Yeah, we are sorry. We're sorry. But thank you, Gabe, for, you know, continuing, continuing love. the love, even though we make mistakes. We yes. appreciate you continuing to donate to us. We have Smoke Wagon Bourbon. Um, What's the proof? The proof is. Am I re- it's dark in here now. 192 proof. I don't know. That's not higher than 181. That's a whiskey. Anybody got a lighter? <laughs> no, it's 92 and a half proof. 92 and a half? Yeah. Where did I see the one? Uh, it's a parenthesis. It's a parenthesis. <laughs> you have been drinking whiskey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And and also, that we had something to go with the whiskey. Oh, cookies. Oh, cookies. Oh, yeah. Gabe brought cookies, too. Even though... Gabe's wife made us cookies. Yes, she yes. did. They're very Thank good. Thank you. She's a Thank sweet you. lady. Thank you. Do you guys like almond extract? It's a weird um, question, but then, you know, like almond extra has like, like kind of like a cherry flavor. Yeah, that's what was in it. I was just, you have to be careful how much you put in. No, he said oh, it man. was love. <laughs> yeah. No, no, because like, oh man, Kendall made like I went, you know, I went to my trip. Kendall made me some fruity pebble uh, treats, you know, like rice crispy treats, but with fruity pebbles instead. Ooh. And, and she put almond extract in with it to give like a little bit extra cherry kick. Oh man, it was so good. 
So she says she's making that for the podcast. Yeah, I ate all of them before today in like four days. But yeah, I'll, I'll thanks I'll, for sharing. I'll ask her to bring more to make more. Yes, please. Yeah, because she probably good. doesn't listen. But Kendall, if you're listening, <laughs> we would really appreciate what the fruity pebble, the fruity treats. pebble treats. Yes, yeah, yes. You can call them Scooby Snacks. Ooh, that I want. I want fruity pebble ones, and I want a cocoa pebble one to oh, try yeah. like side by side. Cocoa pebble would be good. I think we mixed them one time before, and you would think it'd be great, like chocolate no, fruit. It's not like that's that. That's too much. It is. It's you, Your mouth doesn't know what's happening. Speaking of good things I've tried uh, that I've eaten in the last week, McKenna went to Fredericksburg with her family a couple weeks ago. She brought back peach honey butter. Very good. It is so good. Yeah. yeah have you guys ever been to the Apple store out in Medina? Like the Apple, like, like Macintosh? Macbook? No, no. It's literally called the Apple store. Out in Medina, Texas. That's got to be like a copyright issue for them. No, they don't have an Spelt issue. differently. No, I don't know. <laughs> I think the store is part of the name, you know, the Apple store. Store. Mm. Instead of just Apple. Yeah. But uh, they have some apple cinnamon ice cream. That's very good. Ooh. Ooh anyway, apple so cinnamon w- sounds pretty good. What do you guys think of the, of the, the bourbon? The smoke wagon has been very tasty. I like smoke wagon a and lot. And Gabe was like, you have to drink this tonight. It's very and I good. can see why. Yeah. Because you've never had this. I have not. No, we have. No, just Cliff, it wasn't. Me and you tried it that night, but Landon never tried it. Maybe. I don't know. I'm no, not, I'm I'm not Landon's keeper. <laughs> we also have Evan with us here tonight. Sorry we forgot to like mention that, Evan. It's cool. It's 50th episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> what do you think about the whiskey? Uh, it's the pretty bourbon. good. I was, I, was, uh, I was smelling it, and it kind of has a... A nutty? No, it has a very, uh, I don't know the word. I'm just going to edit this part out anyway. <laughs> um, it has a very. Yeah, uh, if you guys didn't know, Evan is our official editor of the do. podcast. We appreciate everything Evan does. No problem. He makes us sound great every week. I'm probably the only person that listens to y'all twice. <laughs> <laughs> and tonight will be three times. <laughs> it, it's, it's a very. Uh, it has a very uh, sterile, I don't know how to say it. It smells like isopropyl alcohol, but it could be this Yeti that it's in. It's true. Uh, Cliff is pretty monotonous with the cleaning, which we appreciate. Yeah, yeah so I don't know if it's the, the metal can, oh, but it, it has yeah. a... I take these in, I set them in the sink, I go to bed, I wake up and they're clean. <laughs> it has a very alcoholy smell. It doesn't have like a smoky smell or... It just smells like alcohol. No, but if you it's not bad. taste it, it has a, a smoke on the back mm-hmm. end a yep. little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's very good. good. I like the bottle artwork, too. Mm. Not that it's great iced. No? It's a little too mild for me, iced. Mine iced was, I had a large glass before this one iced. This one is. Well, I, I do have a full cup of ice in my special cup. You want to tell us about your special cup? Yeah, tell us about your special cup. So Cliff. I got a cup for my birthday mm-hmm. from Evan. Yep. Because... We're friends, and he likes to troll the crap out of me. That says on one side, hashtag mountain lion. Yeah, what's on the other side? A bobcat. (laughs) 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 And this has been my special cup ever since, and I do not let anyone else drink out of it. So I went into Cliff's apartment to grab a cup because I wanted to have some whiskey. Filled it with ice, brought it out here. Cliff was like, you can't use that cup. I'm like, yeah, I can. I don't. See a problem? Cliff grabbed the cup, 
grabbed me a new cup, poured my ice out into my new cup, and said, you can't use this cup. And then he took it inside. <laughs> it's my special cup. <laughs> it's a cherished token of appreciation and friendship. It was pretty nice to watch, though. It was, it was pretty exciting. Even though I was talking crap about you. Yeah, but <laughs> it, it, that's our friendship. True. <laughs> so, Cliff, you have some big news, don't you? I suppose are we gonna we're gonna tell it now. You're talking about the truck, right? No, no. I was gonna talk oh. about. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I bit the bullet and got a new truck a few weeks ago. If you've been listening to the podcast, I have been subtly hinting at it for him to drop the news, and he's like, "No, the no. last two episodes. The last been, two episodes. He's like, no, I got things going.' I, I said, "What's the towing capacity of a GMC Sierra fifteen hundred diesel?" He's like, "Um, eleven thousand eight hundred." And I'm like, hmm, it's oddly specific that you know that, Cliff. Would you like to share anything? And you're like, nope. Yeah, so I've been keeping it a little bit on the hush um, just because I don't want to answer questions or deal with anyone Yeah, why else's. did you get a GMC? <laughs> That's the first question. Yeah, we're going to question you. Your, your last, your last truck was a GMC, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. I like GMC as a brand. Yeah. Um, One I, Ford truck gets stuck in the mud, and he's like, I need a GMC. You had, a, you had to get a midsize coming off of a 13-hour road trip to pull you out. Obviously, didn't take. I wasn't really stuck. I was probably drunk, I think. It is a nice-looking truck, You had though. your kids in your car. What does that say about you? <laughs> when, we're, when we're at the property, it's okay. It's fine. Um, I've never had an issue with GMCs. I've ridden in them all my life. I've never had them break down. I've never had an issue out of them. Knock on wood. They make the high country, right? Uh, yep. That would be Chevy's version, but yes. Okay. What would your reaction be if I told you Ford was number one selling truck in the world? <laughs> Duh. Why would you break away from that mold and buy a GMC if it's proven by sales that a Ford is a Because a lot truck? of people buy stuff that they don't know crap about. Nor does that make it a superior product. Huh. Thus, hmm. why he bought a GMC. That's right. Hmm. Because he doesn't know crap about it. <laughs> That's like all the first so, four commercials are like, have you ever been in a place where you need to Have you ever been Whoa, okay, we got, <laughs> right. we got to mark that down now. Write it down. <laughs> That's great. 13 minutes and 38 uh, I've already got a couple seconds. on here. So. 13 minutes and 38 seconds. Cliff, listen, you're not supposed to make it difficult for me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so. Nice so. truck, though, Cliff. Thank looks, you. I do think it looks great. I'm so, very proud of it. So what are your... Top before, like, because I know you could be a nerd and like get into all the little fine details. Top three features of this truck go. Well, when I was looking for a truck, mine was a midsize, it was a Canyon, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a Canyon all terrain. Mm -hmm. I loved that truck, it was perfect in every single way up to a point. And that point is once I started. Moving your garage into the back of your truck. Correct. For hunting trips or fishing trips or whatever it may be, the bed size was not there. Yeah. Also, it's not just me anymore. I do have Cynthia to think about. I have a future to think about and all this other stuff. And I wanted something that I could use as a sleeping cab if I needed to. I wanted something that was larger for me and her something that would be 
taken us down the road a little bit. So what you're saying is feature number one is is size. Size, size Overall, matters. Size, yes, yeah. size, size matters. matters. Feature number two of what I was lacking before that I really wanted, and it was actually a deal breaker in the truck for me, was I wanted a diesel engine. I wanted a diesel engine so that I could let it idle for as long as I wanted without worrying about it because, and I didn't have that as on my priority list until we went duck hunting. And that night when I was freezing my everything off Mm -hmm. and the buddy heater would go out on us, I couldn't get warm or anything like that. I would have enjoyed a place that I could get back into and just warm up or even sleep in that night. So what's the deal with the idling? Because I don't necessarily understand that. Why can you let that idle and not let your old truck idle? Because that uses uh, pressure versus a gas engine uses combustion. If it sits there and does this while not going anywhere, it's a bad thing. Mm. It's more pressure. Yeah, so you can just kind of let it sit and run. It's still going to eat up your your mileage a little bit, but not near as much. And utilizing pressure to keep it going instead of a combustion... Just better for the does engine. help the engine. That, and that's why diesel engines last 200,000 miles. Correct. Regularly versus right. 120 to 140 and with gas. to your point, um, the last time I was in Colorado uh, elk hunting, we would stop at the, um, like the furthest south trailhead, and we'd sleep in the pickup, in a diesel pickup, mm-hmm. all just night long. Just let it run all night long with the heat on before we got up the next, because we always got there like in the afternoon or mm-hmm. the evening. And so we'd sleep till the next morning. And then start. Get a nice good rest, even though it was in, you know, in the truck. And then we'd, we'd start our hike, and we'd go into the, up mm. into the hills. But, yeah, diesel would run all night long, no problem. I, and feature number three? The height. There's a lot more ground clearance yeah. on this one. Um, Is that the one the you guys are going to drive next now, week? Those, yes. Yeah. Those, nice. those are cool features. Give me, like, one, like, techie feature. Because there's some stuff I've noticed on your truck. But like, what's, like... A little, t- like a little, those are like big picture, like big decisions. So I'm not. Give me like a little picture thing that you're like, I am really surprised by this truck because it has this feature that I really like and I maybe didn't expect it to be here. So when it comes to me in trucks, I don't think internally. The interior, it matters a little bit to me, but all the bells and whistles, creature comforts and stuff, I honestly don't care about. I really don't. You got leather? I want something. It is leather. But but give me one. Is there something? No, that's what I'm, I'm getting to. But with the all-terrain package or the AT4 package that I got on this truck, I'm pretty sure it's probably the same on some of the base models and stuff that I like on this truck that I wasn't looking for is the cell phone charging mat oh you got that i don't i didn't necessarily always like that i had to stop what i was doing to plug in my phone Mm -hmm. whereas this one i just kind of set down that's cool does it connect like music Mm -hmm. that way too yes that's really nice um i also like the storage capabilities in this truck a lot more too yeah so zach you recently went fishing with Gabe, who was a guest on our podcast. Yeah, Gabe Cross. And yeah. apparently you almost died? Yeah, almost died. Okay. Yeah, so uh, we went out and um, we met Gabe. And, you know, he's he's a kid, you know, 16, 17. I forget how old he is. But, 
you know, Ken and I went out, and we were trying to keep up with them. We met them early in the morning, and it's hot, and we haven't, I haven't done, like, a full day of fishing in a long time, right? Like, no, Did y'all do a full day? Pretty much, yeah. And it was, like, it was a hot day, too. Like, I think by, like, 10 o'clock in the morning, it was already, like, 96 or 97. Like, it was going to be a hot day. Normally, when Ken and I go out now, we go for, like, two or three hours in the evening, you know, and so mm-hmm. it's pretty low-key, but, man, we're huffing it jumping up and down and obviously me i'm like oh i gotta fill my waterproof yeti full of camera gear that i'm barely gonna take out and um i bring one water bottle or one yeti bottle for kindle and i thinking that like oh it's gonna be fine you know so we burned through that within a couple hours and then we're like still fishing and all of a sudden like you get those feeling like oh also the sole of my shoe came off and we're going through, like, slick mud and going up and down, uh, like, hills side of the river. And so, like, I'm slipping and sliding. I'm working twice as hard to get anywhere. And uh, we get to a point where I'm just like, oh, man, like, I got to sit down, you know. And I was like, I'm going to be okay. Like, we had, like, <laughs> probably, like, an ounce of water left. So I drank that. And I'm like, we got to start kind of, like, working our way back and hiking back. So we're going, working our way back. Literally, I see the Jeep. I'm 100 yards away. And I start getting a cramp in my thigh. And I'm like, oh, man, like, I'll work it out. You know, like, it's going to be okay. And I start, like, working it out. You're 100 yards away. Literally, like, I can see the roof of my Jeep over this ridge. Like, we're about to be there. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, okay, I can't. Like, I I was like, I got to sit down for a second. And so I made the mistake. Instead of sitting down in the river that we were in, I worked my way to the hot rock and sat down on the hot rock. And so I'm, like, trying to work it out, trying to work it out. I'm like, dude, Gabe, I'm sorry. You know, like, I, I didn't drink enough water, whatever. And so I tried to get up. And the second I put pressure on both my feet, from my calf down on both of my feet, it gives out and just, like, cramps up, and I can't move my feet at all. And it's probably one of the most embarrassing things that's happened to me. But I laid on my belly like a sea lion, like, trying to, like, flail my legs. I'm kicking, like, oh, I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, this cramp is so bad. I'm like, Gabe, I'm sorry. But I'm like, Kendall, you got to pull off my boots. You got to pull off my boots. And I flip over on my back. I'm like, Kendall, Kendall, you got to pull off my boots. And I have the BOA systems. And she's never messed with the BOA. And I'm like, you got to just pull the, just pop the top, just pop the tab, you know. And she's like, I can't get it, I can't get it. And I can't move because I'm cramping up so bad. I'm like, okay, screw it. Just just rip off the boots. Just rip them off. And so she's trying, she finally got them off. And, um, dude, they, I couldn't move for like 15 minutes. It was just like, mm. honestly, like I tried but, like, the cramp was so bad, I couldn't put any pressure on it without them just, like, giving out. Mm. So. so, two, the, uh, two questions. Mm-hmm. First, you said the soles of your wading boots gave out. Yes. What was the resolution of that? Did you get a new pair of wading boots? What I happened did. there? Yeah, yeah. So, I, um, you know, they're Orvis, the Boas, and, um, man, I took it back to the Orvis store, and they worked with me. I got a pair of ultralight wading boots now. Uh, I was looking for the the, the bows. The go, pros. Go ahead. I was looking for the pros, but uh, apparently everyone's won the pros right now. And because I'm going to Yellowstone, I was like, okay, like Kendall has the ultralights and she loves them, so I just got the men's version of that. And uh, so they gave you a credit for your other boots, mm-hmm. and then they work with me. Nice. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, so How long cool. have you had them? Three years. Ooh. So. That's a that's a good amount of life for a wading boot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, because and and people get mad because their wading boot soles gives out. But you got to think you're putting them in water and you're constantly changing the humidity and the glues that hold those soles together. Like a normal tennis shoe doesn't go through the amount of wear so quickly. The bow yeah. is, but what I was going to say is the boa system is nice in the short term, 
and the ease of like tightening them mm-hmm. up. But I don't think the BOA system is a superior system to the laces or like the yeah. new Pro Boot I see, at I, all. I like the BOA. I think the BOA worked pretty great. I mean, like to be honest, at the end of the day, when you're just like ready to get in your car and you just pop it and you're off, that was nice. Um, I don't think they're. I you know I in the fact that you can change the BOAs out, like you can change laces out. I don't necessarily know that the BOA is inferior to laces. Yeah. It's actually, just a price thing. I would actually say too that with the BOA system, I feel like I get a better fit on my no, foot but as I, well. I think like comparing Orvis to Orvis, I think the Orvis Pro Boot, the new Pro Boot with the Michelin mm-hmm. sole mm-hmm. and everything, is a slightly superior boot to the BOA. They make well, a, they make the a BOA Pro now. with a BOA now, so you can get it laced or BOA. Yeah. Oh well, then I'd go BOA. Yeah, yeah that for point, sure. I'd go like BOA. honestly, like if BOA was an option, I would have got the BOA because like. To be honest, when I first bought those, I was like, oh, man, like, you know, you get the few people online who are like, oh, the boa is going to go out and then you're going to be screwed because, you know, if your lace breaks, you can still make do with something, with duct tape or something. And I'm like, yeah, so if it goes out, it goes out. But then my sole fell off. And I'm like, that's, you know. I've never had an issue with the boas going out. I do know that it happens, but right. I think that's over tightening. It's like yeah. it's like doing a a bolt or something like that. You mm-hmm. over tighten it and it just pops. And I wouldn't wear them in salt water, you know. Like right, it's not a too. salt water boot. No, no. Yeah. Did you catch any fish with Gabe? Uh, so uh, I had hooked into a carp, but the water was pretty dirty, pretty muddy. So I didn't actually see the take. All I did was I saw this carp go into this deeper pool, right? And so I cast in the, into the pool, and uh, I'm kind of moving it, moving. I didn't feel anything, so I go to recast, and when I do. I got him, and he ran, 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 and then he came unbuttoned. Mm, so, so I think you were probably a little early on your hook set is yep. what it sounds like. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, had I, you know, had I felt or had I even seen a little bit longer, you know, it would have been a different story. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it was my first carp, you know, on, on my rod, on the line ever. So that was still pretty exciting. But, uh, yeah, no actual carp to net. So I have yeah. a question. What, what did because I, I need some resolution. You're here. You're alive. What did you do about the water and the cramps? Oh, um, so we had a tiny bit of warm water. We drank. I had some Tylenol with me because I'm an over prepper. Like I said, I always bring that Yeti bag. That's way too heavy for me, anyways. And uh, so I popped some Tylenol. Uh, waited out about 15 minutes. Uh, I was able to get kind of to the creek and river and just kind of cool off because the water was nice you know so i was able to cool off a little bit that way and then i just kind of slipped my wading boots on without tightening them and made it the last like i said we were only 100 yards out and i had water and drinks waiting for me are you my prone car. to cramping no normally? that's the thing i've never actually had like a heat exhaustion or anything like that mm. but that's that's exactly what it was so i didn't bring enough water and i hadn't done anything like that in such a long so time something that i've learned as someone who does get heat exhausted mm-hmm. and cramps and stuff um, pickle juice helps because Run. it's like a natural, it's almost like a Gatorade oh, yeah. where it's like full of electrolytes mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a lot of, uh, you know, people say that vinegar has a lot of right. rejuvenation it, it, properties it, too. I mean, I don't it's, know how true that is, but. It's really good for rehydration and to get those back into your system, mm-hmm, which yeah. will help with cramps, especially An- in the moment. Another product I like is liquid IV. Anytime I knew, I know I'm doing a full day of fishing. I will do a liquid IV. See, I've well, never also, done we, liquid IVs. Ken and I had a discussion then after that, whereas now we we all carry our own water. We're not going to share, you know. 
I bring my water, you bring your water. Yeah. That way maybe I know how much water I bring. Like a life straw because they're super yeah. small and lightweight. They're only like 20 bucks. I have one too, but I didn't have yeah. it. Yeah, and then if you get in a pinch and you run out of water, yeah. it's not ideal maybe to fish the water where you were, drink the water where you were fishing. <laughs> but in a situation like that, it is way better to drink the water than it is to. Yeah, well, because Kendall, Kendall was like, I will give say me your Yeti, the, I'm going to fill it up, and, I'm gonna, and you can drink. I'm like, I'm not drinking that water. Like, I will say, yeah, though, that. in that instance, don't buy the premium life straws. The basic ones get the job done, and they're all going to clog up. Well, I have the Sawyer stuff. one, and that one works pretty well. Um, the Grell water bottle is mm-hmm. also really great for that instance because you can filter it through or doing a UV light. Yeah, Bite the, the bullet and buy a UV light. They're great. Only thing with the UV is you still get the sediment. Uh, pour it like through like a, uh, a bandana or a cheesecloth. Oh, yeah. It takes the sediment out, hit it with the UV. So you talking about your waterproof pack is a good segue to a question that we got, Mm -hmm. which someone asked, are waterproof bags and packs for fishing worth it, or am I still good using – are they worth the price, or am I okay to still using a Ziploc bag? So I feel like it depends – on a Ziploc it bag. It depends. Uh-huh. Why does yes. it depend? You say? What does it depend on? Do you use a waterproof bag? I do use a waterproof bag. Um, I say it depends on the level of where you're at in your fishing career mm-hmm. or whatever you're doing. Yeah. Um, over a Ziploc bag, 100%, I would say go with the waterproof bag. But if you're comparing a non-waterproof bag to a waterproof bag and you're just doing a bunch of day stuff or non-saltwater stuff, I would go with the non-waterproof. To I, save think the money. Mean, I think they mean Ziploc in, the, in like the sling, in like a regular fabric sling. For like just your phone? Yeah, because like that's yeah. what I did for years. I would say if it's just your phone you're worrying about, continue yeah. to use the sandwich bag. I, for, for me, having a waterproof bag is if you ha- carry camera equipment, that's like the key thing. Mm-hmm. You, I was almost... Like, if you carry camera equipment, you need to have and waterproof And that's bags. where I think we might be different right. than other people because I take camera equipment almost every time I go out because I'm trying to film a YouTube video. Like, I went to the Smith River. I did a lot of filming. Everything is in waterproof bags because that equipment is an investment, right. and that's a way to protect it. Um, I also would say a but waterproof bag. if it is bag, just your phone, you can get away with a sandwich I bag. I think it sure. also might be worth it. If you are fishing in places where you're wading very deep, crossing the river, things like that, a waterproof bag would be valuable to you because although your gear can get wet and your fly box can wet, it really is a pain to end up drying that stuff off anyway. So if you're already prone and you wear like a normal like cloth or like canvas bag, like just like basic Sims, basic Orvis, Patagonia bag, and you find yourself like dipping your bag in the water a lot and your gear is constantly getting wet and your flies are wet and then your flies get wet and your hooks are going to rust, if that is a constant battle for you, then a waterproof pack might be good for you. If you're not that person, you're never getting your bag wet, you know, maybe you fall in or, you know, every once in a while and it's just like, a, you know, it's just like that convenience factor of like, oh, I have to like dry because – if you get your flies wet and you leave them in your box, your hooks are going to rust, and a fly box could be worth hundreds of dollars depending on how many flies you yeah. have. The thing it. I don't like about waterproof fly bags is I feel like they ride awkward. For yeah, me. well, because they're they're made to do a purpose. They're not the ones right. The most they're comfortable. not exactly. So I mean, if I've, you can get and away, and the zippers are a pain. So there are cons. 
However, though, also, they can be used as a life preserver in a pinch. So, like, if you are fishing by yourself or if you're fishing deep water, you know, it's, it's kind of nice to have my one. My hip that, pack has floated me, right. like, fully closed no, because no, no. it holds air. For sure. There's been times where I've been fishing the quad, and you get to a part where it's, you know, 10, 12 feet deep, and i got to swim upstream a little bit to get to where I want to go, and I've used my Yeti bag flipped it over and kind of just used as a kickboard to get the rest of the way instead of having to swim the couple hundred yards. So for me as a hobby fisherman, like I, I don't get into it as much. I don't – most of the time I'm fishing from a bank or from someone's boat. I would say a e- regular bag. E- for me, that's a regular yeah. bag. Yeah. I don't have – like for my sure. snacks are going to be dry no matter what. For sure. But no matter what I do, if I go fish the coast, I take a waterproof bag. Yeah. Not because I need it for comfort or anything like that, but I don't want salt getting in my stuff. That's, yeah. that's where I would say. So for me, that's the difference. I would, I would agree 100%. Yeah. Freshwater versus saltwater. Saltwater, I'm always taking a waterproof mm-hmm. bag. Yeah. Just because that salt is so corrosive, it gets in everywhere. Um, it's a pain to deal with. I'd r- just rather spend the money to have it at that yeah. point. Um, so the next question is... Uh, Difference between fly rod materials and lengths. I will cover this quickly because we've covered it quite a bit um, in the past. Um, but uh, fly rods come in a couple materials. You get graphite, fiberglass, and bamboo. Um, bamboo is bamboo and fiberglass tend to be very niche markets. Um, fiberglass is a slower action rod. The rod bends more. So, you know, fighting fish is going to feel more fun. The line moves slower while you're casting. So uh, it lands soft on the water. So if you're like fishing small poppers and you like fishing dry flies, you're going to get a much nicer presentation with the fiberglass rod. They tend to be shorter. So you have more casting room, but they also tend to be heavier. So it's going to feel heavier than a graphite equivalent of that same rod, pretty significantly. Um, a bamboo rod, it's extremely niche. I don't know that many people that have... I have a bamboo rod, but it was like my uh, great-granddad's bamboo rod, and I had it like rebuilt. It's extremely heavy. The modern ones are extremely light because they actually make them hollow. But that is a piece of art. I mean, 120 hours of labor went into that rod. It's made out of bamboo. Uh, it's extremely labor-intensive. They're very artistic. They are very slow, like fiberglass. So the same scenarios I talked about with a fiberglass rod are going to apply to a bamboo rod, dry fly fishing. They are really fun to cast. They, it's fun to cast with like a very natural material. Um, but price point-wise, by far the most expensive. And like a well-made, considerably what a well-made bamboo rod is, is, is going to – Cost you at least fifteen hundred dollars. Oh yeah, if not a couple grand, like um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, at, at least fifteen hundred dollars, and they can go up from there. The more artistic and beautiful, the more expensive. But you also have to think, you know, this is a piece of art that someone's putting a lot of work into, one hundred twenty hours um, of of very skillful work, and so that's what you're paying for. Yeah, I would say you know graphite for your first rod. Um, Graphite is the most common. Right. It's the most affordable. However, my favorite rod is a glass rod, but it's not the rod I bring in every situation because it's so limited. I like the play in a graphite rod. I I really do. But I do think for a more all-around – or not graphite. Yeah, we do. Fiberglass has more play and is fun 
is more fun to me, but a graphite rod is better as an all-around. Right. Like if you, you through everything. if you only catch panfish all day long, I get a glass rod because it's so much fun. Yeah. So like some scenarios, like if you're small creek fishing for small trout, catching panfish, small bass, not fishing a big river. You know, there's a lot of like cover that you have to cast around. Glass rods are generally shorter. You have more casting room. That's where you fish in dry flies, small poppers. That's where a glass well, rod shines. You know, people say that, but like when I was in the Smokies last week, I usually use my glass rod, and uh, I run double dropper uh, indicator on it. You know, yeah, like, I'm not, I'm not fishing super far. No, you know, no. I, my caster, you know, I fished a glass a rod on the quad. Exactly. I fished a lot of stuff on the quad. I'm just saying, like. Trying Generally. to like point out the like pros yeah. to of both, to, of both, and the where the glass rod shines is the dry, dry fly, fly pop, fishing. You can fish an indicator rig on it, like yeah. Zach said. I'm just trying to point out where gotcha. the the high points are. A graphite rod is a great all around rod. If I was going to the coast, I'm taking a graphite rod because it's a he- because yeah. I'm fishing heavier rods, and when you get to an eight weight glass, you're talking about a lot of weight. They're generally stiffer. The line travels I'm faster going. because of that. And um, you're able to easier, more easily cast into the wind and cast bigger flies. It might be a hot take, but I would say anything above a five weight in glass is nonsense. I don't know. If not, no. There's people fun, that only fish glass. Right? I, I understand, but I feel like that's a niche market and not what the question is driven towards. I would say... A glass rod where it truly shines is when you're catching smaller fish, it makes them feel like they're fighting harder mm-hmm. and that they're bigger. And that's where it shines. And once you get to an eight-weight, a six, seven, eight-weight or above, glass is just going to be way heavier and way yeah, more Yeah, but imagine you said you, a panfish feels bigger. Imagine catching uh, a 20-inch redfish on an eight-weight glass rod. I, it's going to bend more. Not to mention the tippet But if, you're, if you have 30-mile-per-hour winds, it's not going to be fun. But if that's your thing, go have fun. We're not trying to like... Yeah, I'm not saying if yeah. that's your thing, go do it. I'm not saying that you shouldn't. I'm saying for me, mm-hmm. the benefit is on smaller, smaller rated rods and smaller uh, fish, the glass rods shines more. And on a six, seven coastal rods, I don't think it's necessary. Um, so, and I said it was a hot take. Okay. (laughs) So I'll move (laughs) on to the, he did prepare us. (laughs) Yeah. Quickly with the lengths, the longer the rod, the further you can cast. That's why you see like the switch and spay guys, they can cast 130 feet, you know, sometimes further. Um, the, the shorter the rod, you can't cast as far. Your line is closer to the ground with a shorter rod. You're more likely to snag the bush behind you, but in tight cover, it's easier to cast a shorter rod. Um, a longer rod um, gives you more mending ability. My, one of my all-time favorite rods I have um, that is I specifically use as a nymphing rod, and it's not a Euro-nymphing-specific rod. I use it as like an indicator nymphing rod. I have a 10-foot four weight. I like that extra foot for reaching over things, picking my lineup, moving it around, making adjustments, Um and uh, so that's where you're going to find the length. The sweet spot for most rods and the standard is a nine foot. So if you're like, I've never really fly fished before, but I want to try nine foot rod, I would start there and then build out your niche. Unless you're like, oh, I have a small creek in my backyard. And that's all I want to fish. Well, maybe get a three weight fiberglass rod. But that's 
explaining it very quickly yeah. and in summation. But hey, if, you know what? Go, you guys go cast a couple on water and see what you like. Yeah. I love a glass, but I can't use it in every situation. I like the feel of a glass. I really do. They're just fun, man. Like, to be honest, like, fishing with a glass rod just brings you back to, like, creek fish when you're a But I would never buy another one above a five-weight. No, I got a five-weight glass. Because you had a seven, didn't you? I think it was a six. Mm. Yeah. I have a five glass, and that is, like, I love that rod. Two, like, if I bring that rod almost on every trip I go on, even if I don't bring anything else, it would be my five glass. I would say my ultimate setup would be your three weights and below as a glass standard. And then my five weights could go either way. And then my eights plus, I won't graphite. Yeah, I got that three weight, that Sage mm-hmm. that, you, that you had. Um, I like it, but I, you, you know. have it now? Uh-huh. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's gone through everyone. <laughs> it's the village bicycle. Man, it's, it's a fun rod. It's a fun rod to cast, but there, it's still a little fast, even compared it to is. my five glass. It is. You know? Um, and but. that's why I do like on those lower weight rated weighted rods a glass mm-hmm. because it is slower. You can slow down the tempo a little yeah, bit and just sure. go into the Zen mode. Yeah. All right, Zach, you went on another recent trip. I did. Um, where you did like a cross country tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did. Will you kind of walk us through that trip? Like yeah. some high, some of your high points. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, uh, I went to visit my dad. He lives in in Tennessee in Nashville. And so uh, we did a Smoky Mountain camping trip. He got a pop-up that, uh, that we used. He hadn't camped in it yet. He was all excited about it, so it was a lot of fun. Um, he's not a huge person to fish. Uh, like, he's, he grew up, you know, with a bobber and a worm, you know, just kind of catching panfish and everything. Uh, but he'll throw a line in the water whenever we go out. But um, we just did a lot of, like, the – Camping stuff when we were there. We fished a little bit. I almost sent you guys a picture because the first night we were there, uh, I did throw my Tenkara rod into the creek that was behind our campsite. And I was like, oh, man, I bet the boys would love this. But, no, I didn't send it to you guys. Do you have a picture? Oh, yeah. I was Actually, I was trying to pull up my phone, but I didn't want to distract That's going on Instagram. No, I know. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I uh, didn't catch anything on it. I got caught in quite a few trees, and I realized, oh, this is why I don't do this that this often. But then um, the next day, though, we actually found this nice spot that was off, like, the beaten path um, where my dad and I were able to, to fly fish a little bit. But it was funny. The only other people finding the same spot we did were wedding photographers. And so <laughs> we're in the background of, like, three different groups, like, different brides and everything taking their photos there uh, were fly fishing. And I caught, yeah, but um, you know what? As the groom, I wouldn't care. <laughs> No, I'd be happy. It was nice, you know. Uh, but no, it was a lot of fun. My dad didn't catch anything. He got a couple of good takes um, or a couple of good bites, but he didn't he didn't set it quick enough. And then I caught a rainbow. We were only fishing for like an hour and a half. But then after that, went to Philadelphia. We did the Independence Hall tour, which like that there there's something special about being there. It was really cool. Talk about that. So Independence Hall is where the 13 colonies all sent delegates to actually talk about what they wanted if they were to actually go through pulling away from Britain and becoming their own thing. Because up until that point, the 13 colonies really didn't communicate with each other. They all had their own money. They all had their own systems. Yeah, they all acted as almost an individualistic style country. So they all came together there in Philadelphia in Independence Hall, and they debated it. And then they finally drafted the Declaration of Independence, and then they agreed on it, and they signed on it there. And actually, in the front lawn of that place is where they read it out to, like, a few thousand people of Philadelphia for the first time. So 
it was really neat. And like in the hall across the building is where the where George Washington actually was inaugurated. The county that I'm from, the guy that it's named after is actually a signer of the Declaration of Independence. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It, Being man, from Georgia, number 13. Number 13. I mean, I just, so they all committed an act of treason. Yep. Badass. Yeah. <laughs> man, it, like, it, there was something special about being there. Like, I would, I, like, you guys need to go and see the Independence Hall. Um, we did see Liberty Bell. We ran out of time to actually do the full tour, but they have, like, glass around it where we were able to see it. And then um, because we had a, our tour for the Let me ask you this. Hall. While being in Philly, uh-huh. the question on everyone's mind is, did you get a cheese steak Oh, yeah. Sandwich? That's the first thing we did. Okay. Good. Yeah. No, we <laughs> How went, good was it? Oh, it's the best. I love Philly's, and it was the best <laughs> Philly I've ever had. Yeah, I went to this place called Ishka Bibbles because it was funny. We got the rental car, and we're about to leave. And there's two places. I think it's like Geno's and Pat's are like yeah, the two popular the two, ones. Those are the They're two like touristy. staper. Yeah. And we asked the the lady who was like at the rental car like, hey, Geno's or Pat's? And she was like, man, those are the tourist places. Like, don't go there. She was like, go to Ishka Bibbles. And she was like, it's not too far. Like, you guys are going to Independence Hall. It's like three blocks away from that anyways. And so um, we went there. It was so good though. And But like it was clearly like tourists didn't go to this place. But they still did the whiz, like the cheese whiz and everything, you know. So good. Oh, nice. I do like a good Philly cheesesteak. Yeah. and So where did you go after uh, Philly? So my dad has this truck called the Little Red Express. I only made it for two years. Dodge did. 78, 79. Um, he has one, and there's only like 2,000 of them left in America. And there's a small group that were, for some reason, having a car show of just this truck uh, truck in Allentown, Pennsylvania. So we went from Philly. We went to Allentown, you know, sang some Billy Joel. And then we went to Yingling Brewery, which yes. is the oldest brewery in America, in America um, which that was a really neat tour. Uh, we did the, they did like the cave tour where they used to keep all the Yingling and store it before they had refrigeration. They showed us like the original spring where every ounce prior to like prohibition was made. And then uh, they actually left up some of the walls because when prohibition came in, like the agents, they literally bricked up their cave with access to their spring and then busted all of their barrels that was holding everything. Um, that was cool. Then we went more further northeast. We saw Ellis Island. Which oh, you, guys, you did? Yeah, we did the Ellis Island and Statue of Liberty tour. And so would you, I think what you posted on your personal Instagram today was really cool. Would you yeah. like to talk about that yeah, on the podcast? For sure. That picture was, first of all, incredible. Thank you. And um, the story is really cool. So Yeah, so my stepmom is Hungarian. Um, she was born in America in the 50s, but her parents moved from Hungary in the 30s. And her dad came over first because, like, you had to send the man over to get established. And his brother was already over here, already had a farm. And so then, after he was established here... His um, wife, so my stepmom's mom, moved over. She was she had a daughter who was like one year old at the time, and so they went through the whole thing. They got on a boat in Europe, went across the Atlantic. They show up, you know, Lady Liberty meets you in the bay. They literally go to Ellis Island, and then you, we, my dad and I took the tour where you follow the footsteps of immigrants as they were transitioning, and it was like that's cool. It was so cool, like, but it was crazy to see how it worked, like how they were screening people and like the process they actually had to go through. And 2% of everybody who made it was actually sent back. 
um, which doesn't seem like a lot, but like that's your grandma who sold everything to come to America. And all of a sudden you're back on a boat to go back to wherever you came from. Um, it was, man, it was really neat. And like my dad and I looked up where her father and her mother and her sister all were documented as far as like coming to America when like the date they came here in the thirties, you know, where they were going, who was picking them up. And so then after they got through the Ellis Island thing, they would take them on a ferry from Ellis Island to that train station that a picture's from. Yep. And they had probably 20 different trains where they all would back up and on front of each one would tell you like, okay, these are the 10 cities this train's going to go to. And you would just get on the train you're supposed to go to and follow it to your stop. And so my dad was looking for the one that went to Columbus or Cincinnati. I can't remember now. And uh, because that's the one they would have gotten on to go to Ohio mm-hmm. to find her husband to uh, to go to the And farm. you snapped a picture. Yeah, my dad was looking. looking yeah. And it's completely empty. He's the only one yeah. there. And the lighting is just like phenomenal. It's yeah. a great photo. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. We need to post that on ours. Mm-hmm. Maybe wait till the podcast comes out and then we can just like yeah. repost it. Yeah, that'd be, that's a good idea. And then that way people can... That, I think that's a cool story. It, honestly, Ellis Island was neat. And it's it's neat having that connection because, like, we secondhand know somebody who literally went through that process. Because mm-hmm. until 57, that's how a majority of Americans came through was through that port, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and so we did Statue of Liberty after that, which was neat, too, because of the symbol. Ellis Island, in my opinion, I think was more impressive just because, like, that's, like, real people uh-huh. versus, versus, like, the Statue of Liberty is neat in itself, but it's neat because of the symbol and what it represents. It was always a symbolism. Exactly. But it's... Um, France just wanted to get rid of their junk, so they sent it to <laughs> us. <laughs> and that was a cool story, too. Um, but just that, doing that was really neat. Um, and then after that, went to a Mets game, which I've always wanted to, be, to go to, and then we went to a Yankees game. I... Uh, I've I've always wanted to go to Independence Hall, and I want to go to Ellis Island. Um, I don't know if I necessarily had family that came through, mm-hmm. because when we did do a family tree, we did find it going back to the ship that William Penn came over to okay. found Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would have been before Ellis yeah. Island. But I don't. I would like to see. I mean, that's one person versus a family tree in twenty twenty one there's other branches that go off. So yeah. I've always wanted to go up there to see like the book of names mm-hmm. and see other cowards and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's cool. If you, you can go there and like pay and with COVID, some things were closed down, but if you went there during like a normal time, you can actually pay a park ranger to like walk you through and like help you find your family tree and see if anybody crossed over there and that kind of stuff. So it was, mm-hmm. it was really, really neat. And I know my dad was already like making a trip uh, planning a trip to bring my stepmom back because she wasn't with us. It was just uh, my dad and I. But to actually show her, like, hey, like, this is where your family mm-hmm. went through. This is the process. It was, I don't know. It was it was cool. This episode is brought to you by Cox Contour TV. Sometimes it's hard to decide what to watch, but Cox Contour TV helps make that decision easier. Enjoy live TV, on-demand programs, DVR recordings, and music all in one place. And only with the sound of your voice with the Contour Voice Remote. Plus, catch the golf and basketball action you've been waiting for on the Contour Sports app. Learn more at coxcox.com slash contour. This episode is brought to you by the NHL on TNT. When it comes to hockey, the Stanley Cup playoffs are built different. Experience the intensity and insanity on the ice and off it. 
from now through June on TNT and TBS. Get ready for seven game rounds of knockdowns, dragouts, pressure, and agony as teams go head-to-head without ever letting up. The Stanley Cup playoffs are known for more than just a few cracked ribs and black eyes. Pushing through the pain is the name of the game. With so much edge-of-your-seat action, you'll refuse to shave or change your jersey. Don't say we didn't warn you. Ready to feel the rush? Watch the Stanley Cup playoffs now on TNT and CBS. So it sounds like that's based on the history. That's probably the highlight of your trip. Or it, it would really, be Independence Hall. Sounds like the two things you've sounded most excited about. Yeah, were I, I mean, like Hall seeing like the, baseball stadiums is always super exciting too. The mm-hmm. Yankees Museum was really cool as well because they had like Babe, uh, Babe Ruth signed baseballs and and that kind of stuff. Um, Man, I don't know. It sounds like a good trip. It was like it was just like I don't know how much more American you can get. Independence Hall, Ellis Island, Statue of Liberty, and baseball. You know, and fishing. So it's kind of yeah. like everything. And England's coming. And England. 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 I mean, this is the most American trip I think I've ever man, heard it was of. Great. It was August twenty third. Yeah, England will be in only Texas. Only if you finish it off in like D.C. and like you know <laughs> right. went to Abraham Lincoln and yeah, exactly just yeah. knocked it out and there. grew a mullet. Yeah, <laughs> and grew a mullet. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, but it was uh, yeah. If if uh, you get a chance, I definitely recommend all those things. That's cool. So uh, if you guys didn't know the, you can put your name in for John Hunts now. Yeah. And I did. So let's not talk about it. Let's not talk about <laughs> it. Cliff doesn't want us to bring you. Let me guess. I'm just maybe speaking for you. Is your fear that if we bring awareness to John Hunts, more people are going to put in for the draw? Therefore, it decreases your odds of drawing a hunt that you want. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, so don't put in. You don't have to tell what you put in for. Cliff's really interested in the alligator hunt. My, my, <laughs> let, me, let me tell you my take on this. The more people that are interested in hunting, the more people will preserve the public lands that we do I, have. I honestly don't care if people go and put in for the draw okay. hunts. Okay. So you're going to give us a checklist of everything you draw for? No. Okay. I have some. I have, but a, I am going to work with Evan to decide what I put in for. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I have some very specific hunts that a very specific hunt that I want to accomplish. So I put in for every opportunity of that hunt for this upcoming. No, season. the highlight of my season this year is going to be the crane hunt. I don't. Mm-hmm. Everything else is going to be kind of gravy. Um, I don't necessarily care. If I got like a drawn deer hunt or anything like that, this crane hunt is on the books. We're going. We're paid for. That's my highlight hunt. Yeah. Everything else would just be like, ah, I get it. I get it. But I do know that I'm in for a crane hunt. I'm going crane hunting. That's it. So you're going on a crane hunt? Yes. Got it. <laughs> with who? Who are you going with? Who are you going it's with, Cliff? Me, you. Me, you as in Landon, you as in Evan, Jeremy, and Ian. That's going to be a good time. We're going to have a good time. December is mm-hmm. going to be on my birthday. December 5th is the the date, I believe. When's crane season? Or is it the 10th? Wait, what? I'm going to look it up. I think it's the 3rd. It might be the 10th. I don't know because I know we had to scram- like scramble to get the dates because some people didn't. Uh, it's the 9th through the 12th. Yeah, my birthday's the 9th. It's going to be Perfect. a good birthday. Nice. Got new waiters for it and everything. In the words of Ian, yes. 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 But super stoked on that. Yeah, that's going to be a fun trip. That'll be a fun trip. 
this year. We got some deer hunts too. You know, we'll probably deer go hunts. back to my plays. Duck hunts. Yeah, I, I, I still plan on deer hunting, but this year, I the one thing I want to focus on and the what I want to learn the how most to work the zipper is how to work the zipper on the new waders and <laughs> <laughs> it can be and tricky. Duck hunting, like duck hunting is on my list. I this want year. to, I want to learn everything I can about duck hunting this year that I didn't already know. Like I want to grow in the duck hunting sphere, like I would did last year in deer hunting, yep. and that's mm-hmm. what I would call success. There you mm-hmm. go. This might be a good transition to uh, a question that Gabe asked us before he left that he wanted to maybe hear us talk about is. What makes you credible in hunting or fishing? Oh, I think, in all honesty, that's, I think it's just getting out there and being successful, putting the miles on your boots, putting the miles on your truck, doing what it takes to get the food and the, the meat in the freezer. The Instagram stuff, it's fun to look at on some of them, but you don't know how much of it is paid guided hunts where it's all pretty much set up in almost a guarantee. You don't know how much work they've put into it or anything like that. I'm not saying you should look at us and say that we're 100% credible. But the one thing I think that we do have that other influencers and stuff like that, and I'm not saying that we're influencers. We're not influencers. But things that we have that I can say in my mind eye that I don't see them truly having is we actually practice what we preach. We're actually out there trying to get stuff done. We're not doing it for the gram. How many posts? We're doing it for the podcast. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing it for content for you guys. But how many many times have last year I hunted with you a good majority of the time? How many of that actually ended up on my Instagram? I don't know. I don't have Instagram. I like, can tell you. Very, very little of it actually ends up. I'm not doing it because I want Joe Blow the third and Cindy Lou or whatever to like my post. I'm Do we doing mean Joe it. Blow the second? No, this was the third <laughs> one. Um, I don't. I'm not doing it for the likes. I'm doing it because. I honestly like doing it, and I like to learn how to do this better. I've never claimed on this podcast or anywhere else to be an expert in anything that I do. Never claimed to be an archery expert. Never claimed to be a deer expert. Never claimed to be a fly fishing expert. Never claimed to be a a duck expert. You're a resident Georgia Georgia expert. Out of us, yes. You're a Sitka expert. (laughs) I wouldn't say that. (laughs) I mean, that doesn't take much, right? (laughs) But got some new fancy waiters. I honestly love going out there, trying to figure it out, and learning and putting meat in my freezer and eating wild game. That's what I think makes me credible in the fact that everything I say on here, I'm actually doing. Now, take fault with how I do it or whatever. Say it's the wrong way. It's working for me right now. There is still a ton of room for improvement and things I can learn, but that's a day-by-day, hunt-by-hunt, growing expedition, not a I know everything right now and telling Mm -hmm. you I know everything right now. I I think... 
credibility comes with the mindset of forever a learner. Yeah. Yeah. Like having that mindset of I do not know everything. I would say probably out of our group, I have the most fly fishing experience. Yeah. But I haven't even scratched the surface with the potential knowledge that's out there. There's methods I've never even tried. Tinkara, really spay, skagit. Um, there's places and fish I haven't caught. There's places in the hill country I haven't fished and been successful. There's flies I haven't tied. I mean, like, it's just a one drop in the bucket of potential knowledge that's out there. And uh, just trying to, like, grow on that and get better at get better at something every time I go out. That's going to help me. That's going to help the podcast and what I talk about. And, um, and I think to, um, if you don't enjoy it, I mean, that's, then why are you doing yeah, it? Yeah. That's In all be honesty, part, that's gotta be part of it. I too. think, I think what gives us credibility as a podcast, I'm not even just saying it, credibi- no, us credibility. I'm just I saying know, credibility in general. I think this is a good way to put it in perspective. It, especially on my side. I think what gives us credibility as a podcast is that we are honestly three dudes who are podcasting about doing stuff that we love and that we enjoy doing, and that's all that matters. Every every other aspect of this is 100% real. We're not staging anything. We're not doing anything. We're talking about what we like to do, and this is almost like an audio-formed diary in my opinion. And yeah. that's and that's what I liked about and I think I talked about this on the Smith River episode was the fact that this is an audio form diary. Whether this thing takes off or not or, you know, you know, this thing dies next week, I know that I can come back in like a couple of years and go listen to the Smith River episode well, and can, like relive my trip and all the other experiences that we've had together. Something that I've thought about on it is as long as this stays up on the internet, which we know things on the internet live forever, when we have kids, finally, and they get to an age, and you're like, hey, I did this once. You want to go recount my life at this point in time? Go listen to this. And it's all here. And I, and, and I think that's a cool thing about Instagram and kind of how I see it. Mm-hmm. For my personal Instagram, the Honey Hole Instagram is a little bit different. Yeah. But... Uh, my personal Instagram is like More highlighting like moments yeah. mm-hmm. and I like going back and like looking and like, Oh, two years ago I went fishing here and I can kind of like relive that experience of like seeing as a diary. Cause I don't write a diary. I don't like writing a diary, but like having the podcast, it's kind of the same thing going on YouTube. And like, I took my t- two of my younger brothers fishing with me. I made a video. My youngest brother caught his first fish on the fly like once a month, I go back and watch that video, and that video probably has one of it's the fewest amount of views of any video that we've made, but it is the most special video to me, and that's the one that I go back and rewatch because I get to relive that experience of fishing with my brothers. My youngest brother caught his first fish on the fly. We had fun. We got caught and we got stuck in trees. We found like a huge turtle shell. All of that is like highlighted on that video. 
and I get to go back and like relive that experience. In no, a way. I agree because I have kind of the same thing on my personal Instagram. One of my first photos is me teaching a little boy who happens to be my stepbrother, who was probably about maybe eight or ten at the time, to shoot a twenty-two. Mm-hmm. And I go back and I look at that and I'm like, that was a great day. Yeah. And that's all that matters to me on it. Yeah. And while I say I don't want to throw anyone, like, not giving credit where credit's due, while I say that it's three dudes on a podcast, there's three other dudes on the back end of stuff working as well. And this is all for them as well. Mm-hmm. You have Ian doing the ed- – or Evan doing the edits. You have Ian doing the articles who was on the podcast. And then you have Carson who's helping us out where, with where business stuff and where he can. Showing up to expos because yes, we need yeah. help and just being available. And it's a great place for all our guests, which a lot of our guests have been people that we personally know. Yeah, friends who get after it right. like we do. I think a big point to the credibility y'all both have talked about is the willingness to learn. Yeah. Right? Because you can say that about fly fishing. Out of this group, I know the most about duck hunting. But when it comes to duck hunting, I don't know anything, right? But if you don't have that humility. Yeah, Jeremy does. Well, Jeremy does. <laughs> Jeremy and I, you put the two of us in a room, and now you have the person that knows the most. <laughs> if you don't believe us, ask us. Uh, but, like, if you have, and talk about humility, here I go. But, like, if you, don't, if you don't have that humility to always be, like both of y'all said, always be willing to learn, that to me is more credible than the dude that goes, well, I've done this, you know, tw- what we talked about before. We I've done this 20, 20 times, right? Yeah. Or I've done this for 20 years. No, you've done it 20 times. Yeah, they went 20. They've done it for 20 years, but <clears throat> went one time per year. So they've been fly fishing 20 times. They right. It doesn't give you credibility. But if you come in and go, I've been doing this. Like for me, uh, Cliff and I have talked about archery. I've done archery for over 20 years. That does not make me a 20-year veteran. That just means I've been doing it for 20 years. I, there is so much. I mean, he's learning more about archery than me at this point. Yeah, and I, I've watched you ask him questions yeah, yeah. about archery. And they blow up his bow. Yeah, I forgot about that till now. Guys, that's a great wall ornament. It's beautiful. I have a picture of Cliff <laughs> going. I feel bad. You know, oh, will you send up. us that picture? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I want that picture. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a good picture. Yeah, Set but yeah, I think I think humility. I think humi- humility lends a lot more to credi- credibility. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. than than coming in and going. Well, I can I can tell you about well, this. And I know? like the f- I like that we talk about our goofs, and it's like a learning opportunity. Like Zach not taking enough water, Cliff not taking snacks. I've done something dumb. Nothing's coming to the top of my head, but you guys Cliff, can probably shut something out. Cliff, why do you need snacks again? Because I'm tough one diabetic. Oh, yeah, <laughs> oh. because when you get a mile from the pickup and he <laughs> goes, uh, I don't feel good. Yeah. So, hey, if any of you guys have friends with um, – Always know. take a snack. Or take you, a snack If for you want to make a way to a type 1 di- diabetics with an insulin pump's heart, carry extra batteries and carry snacks. And maybe a Lone Star. <laughs> oh, that's just my heart. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Yeah. There's an awkward pause I'm going to take out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was distracted. Not by a phone, by <laughs> Diabetes. <hand. laughs> I'm leaving that in. <laughs> so this is our 50th episode. I think this is a good segue um, to talk about our main topic. This is our 50th episode. We've been reminiscing all night about fun moments from the show. We've talked about how this is like a digital diary for our adventures. Um what are your like? We've been doing this for a year now. What do you guys? Okay, let me let's start here. Make start simple. 
what is your each of our favorite episode episode or two um, that we have recorded that maybe if you're coming into episode 50 and this is your first time listening we're go like back. you can go back and be like this is an episode I need to go listen to I I enjoy the episode of Steve Ramirez about his talking about his book I just feel like talking with him he like I love the hill country but Man, does that guy love the hill country? He loves the hill country, and man, like it made me. It makes us love the hill country for sure. And like it just being like this—that's our water. Like, and it's easy to kind of take your water for granted because it's like, oh, it's always there. Mm -hmm. But man, like hearing the passion he had for it, and like just being able, like, such a nice guy, Mm -hmm. and then talking with him for so long, uh, as long as we did. Book is fantastic too. It is very, very highly reviewed. Yes. Um. Yeah, that was a. Where was I? I was at. Uh, I was at uh, Whole Earth, and I saw it for sale. But they didn't have autograph copies like, like we, we do. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> like Honey Hole Angle. <laughs> they've been selling fast too. Yeah. So maybe by the time this releases, there might not be any left. Right. Um, Which I need to get you, Mon, to get it signed. <laughs> okay. Remind me Ditto. after this. So, do you have another episode that you really liked? Um. I think it's always interesting when Greg's on talking about caving, just because I think that's oh, interesting. And that was like I think that, that was, was a highlight OG, of an OG episode. That was yeah. OG, like episode three or four, maybe was yeah. when Greg was on talking about caving. We were still kind of figuring out what we wanted to do. We need to. to okay, I have an idea. Uh, episode five is what it was. Mm-hmm. I have an idea. I don't know if we can pull it off. Greg, we go with Greg to a cave. We pack a battery in. It's going to be no, heavy. No, he's already said that we could do it at Robert Barron. He's he's invited us to do. We just haven't taken him up. Yeah, but Robert Barron isn't like not the funnest cave. Also, guys, too, like, yeah, it's the I like listening about caves. area for us to do. Also, I enjoy listening about caves because I don't, I don't like going into caves. That's, so. that's why I think Robert Barron would be fine because it's open. It's not like yeah. super small, cramped. Yeah, I like Cascade Caverns because it's, a, it's there's a there's a walkway, mm. and then if it gets too tired at the end, they can just you know. Zoop. See, I think what you we get do, cramped. I think what we <laughs> do. <laughs> I don't bring enough water in the cave. Hey, you know what? It's a it's a balmy seventy five in there. Okay. <laughs> I think what we do is we pack in the board and a battery. We pack in a whiskey into Robert Barron. We go to where the old speakeasy was, and we record there while drinking whiskey. Yeah. That actually would be kind of cool. That would be cool. Yeah. And it's an easy, it's right there at the entrance. Like, you, we can get to it easy. You don't have to, if you're claustrophobic, just getting into the entrance would be the only area. But then it opens up, and you don't have to worry about There's it. There's bats chilling on the ceiling. Yeah. Pooping on the board. Pooping on the board. Mm. Yeah. We have, head, <laughs> we have headlamps on. Yeah. It'll be a fun episode. Yeah. Um, Cliff, what about you? What are your some of your favorite episodes? I don't think I have a true favorite episode, but the things that I like, uh, the last, the podcast where we had Evan on and he blew the duck call as the intro mm-hmm. is one that I really enjoy. And then the was one, that when he was talking about uh, coyote, coyote hunting? hunting? Yep. Um, episode which nineteen. Episode episode nineteen. Really? Mm-hmm. That was that long ago. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, another one that actually means a lot to me is the episode where we got Andrew Reese from Georgia, my mm-hmm. buddy, to come on mm-hmm. and talk about uh, getting me into fly fishing. His guiding service in Georgia waters and stuff was actually really special to me. Yeah, for sure. 
Um, I also, I would say the highlight episodes are any of our hunting episodes, like where we talked about the pig with the bow or anything mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. would be my highlight. Well, yeah, because that was a huge moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Um, Evan, yes. what about you? Well, and you listen to every episode twice, so you really <laughs> you get the... Yeah. Your favorites mean a little bit more. Your favorites mean a little <laughs> bit more. <laughs> um, I was going to say episode 19 because I was on there. But yeah. Cliff There's that humility that. you were talking about. Yeah, <laughs> Cliff knew I was going to say that. <laughs> so That's why brought I it up. So I actually looked them up. Uh, so I have three favorite episodes, but they kind of all have the same reason of why they're my favorite episodes. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, I looked them up. Episode 20, uh, Landon and Cliff's Crazy Hunting Trip. Uh, oh, that was a good one. Yeah. That was, where we were there with the deer. Yeah. Where you got a shot at a deer. Uh-huh. I saw some more bucks and we followed them after like a crazy like slow morning of hunting and we oh, just yeah. got into that a was ton where of deer. Where we shot at the deer in the Super Bowl. Yes. Wait, yeah. is that the one that you got the doe at? I got the doe on okay. that trip. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That no, was that a crazy was, hunt. That was a crazy hunt. Yeah. Man, that buck still haunts like I have a picture of it, and I look at it, and I'm like, damn, I should have sat in that stand that morning. <laughs> Every time. So that one, episode 23, getting shot at while fishing with Kevin Hutchinson. That's, That's one that right. I was going to say. That I bring up that story to Kendall more than anything else. Because every now and then we'll be on the river, and she'll be like, hey, let's just, let's just do a shortcut here. I'm like, I know somebody who's literally been shot at being <laughs> on the river. I'm not going to literally walk on this dude's property right here. Yeah. 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 Don't trespass on people's property. Do not mm-hmm. trespass. They will shoot at you. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. It's one of my faves for sure. And then I don't know what the last one was. I was, I'm looking for it right now. Oh, here it is. Episode uh, 37. <laughs> don't fish the Japanese tea gardens. Yes. Yeah. With Sam. With Sam. Uh, yeah. And all of those are my favorite because they all have like a great story. Yeah. Yeah. They all have like some, whether it be comedy or, or suspense or whatever, they all have a good like, it's just a good story. Yeah. Like and I, like, I like, you know, hunting and fishing stories. That's what I like. I used to right. wake up on Saturday mornings and watch the, you know, the hunting and fishing shows. And as slow as they were, my mom would always be like, well, I don't understand why you like watching these shows. All they do is whisper, yeah. and they never kill anything. I'm like, but the story leading up to it yeah. is mm. just, that's, that's the meat right there. And so, I don't know. I like, the, I like the story. So, those are my favorites. Yeah, those are a great guests, too. But, yeah, the... Yeah, I was actually here for the Sam one. I was we were doing some yeah we were uh, doing podcast, podcast stuff yeah te- right. technical stuff yeah yeah so I got to I got to be in on that one. That one was fun. So my favorites are um, it, obviously the Kevin Hutchinson one. And, you know Zach mentioned the Steve Ramirez one. Uh, the one with Preston about archery. I think I learned the most from that episode out of any episode we've done. When you talked about competitive archery. When you talked about competitive archery and how important the process is, I walked away from that just like hearing that information and it's sunk in and I've thought about that podcast a lot yeah. since and like I haven't been practicing as much as I need to. Um, Neither but, have I. But <laughs> like I still think about what Preston talked about on the episode. It's just super interesting to talk about the competition side of archery mm-hmm. to um, – I haven't shot a bow since then because I don't have one. Yeah, you do. You got your long bow finally. <laughs> don't give me that crap. I offered, I offered to go get it looked at and replace what it needed to be replaced. Um, um, I an- saw him the other day, actually. I went up there, talked to him for a bit, nice. but not about archery. So another episode that I really like is with Camden when he talked about his Utah elk hunt. 
Oh yeah, Camden was a great guest. Yes. Yep. Um, I and I think that story is cool because I know that he works a lot. I also know that he has a young kid, and it's hard to do something like that. But he really put the work in to make something like that happen. Um, you know, it, it wasn't a public land hunt per se, but he's a guy that works hard and was able to go hunting with his dad and shoot and come back with an incredible elk. I think that story was uh, really cool. I will say for something something that's on my bucket list that I really want to happen, even if it's just a hog hunt or whatever, is I really want to hunt with my dad. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't care if it's successful. I don't care what it is. I just want to hunt with my dad. It's, it's funny, yeah. Dude, just doing things... Yeah, with your dad, but like things that like we all like attribute because like most of us learned to love the outdoors from our parent, from our dad, you know. Yeah. So, I think uh, one. I'll share one more. Having Hunter on, uh, Barcroft yep. was a great episode. We uh-huh. had he brought the great whiskey. Hunter's a really nice guy. Again, a guy that works hard but gets out and hunts and fishes. You know, we we don't get to do this full time, but we're lucky enough to have friends that like the same things that we do. It's really fun to talk with them and talk with people that like have a full time job and they can't do it. Like it's hard; they have families, but they get out. Yeah, and because able we to get all balance our actual lives with what we love to do. Yeah, right. And that episode was really good too, because if I remember correctly, you know, you talk about how hard it is to do what you do and how busy we all are and all that. You, man, y'all had a great time on that episode. Yeah. Y'all laughed. Y'all cut up. Mm-hmm. Like, it was so relaxed, which actually just tells you, kind of goes back to that old, uh, whatever the saying is, uh, find something you love and you'll never work a day Work a day in your life. Yeah. Like, as busy as Hunter may be or whoever else you have on, when, when they're relaxed and they're having fun and they're talking about this thing they love, it's never, it's never work. No. It is. It's an actual uh, hobby of, yeah. you know, of joy. It makes them, it's like they're zen or something. Yeah. What, um, I think another one that was really good that I learned a lot from was the episode where Gabe was actually on talking about, uh, secondary market, black market bourbon, black market whiskey. That was interesting. Yeah. 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 I didn't even think about anything like that. Yeah. I had never either, but yeah. It's crazy. Thanks again, Gabe. And again, formal apology for the whole plan. For for, for for killing your plan. For the Blanton's debacle. (laughs) It was good if well, it's I don't think anything. I partaked. It was, it was very good. I know. don't think I partaked, but I'm the one apologizing. Uh, what is your guys' oh, – did. What is your guys' <laughs> uh, favorite story from one of the podcasts? And I'll start. I think Tyler's story, Tyler Emanuel, when he came on and talked about the lizard, him watching the lizard oh, got bit? Bite, yes. got, bite the guy's finger off, he'd go to a <laughs> pet store <laughs> after school, and one time he went and a lizard bit uh, the like owner's finger off. He brought it up so nonchalantly, yeah. too. He's yeah. like, well, yeah. I do got this one a story. story. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably one yeah. of my favorites. Yeah. Oh, man, I forgot about that until just now. What about you guys? What are your, some of your favorite stories? I think it's hard to meet. Or favorite that. articles that we've talked about, even. Oh, the that one's simple for me. Anytime y'all bring up 
the chupacabra and going to the tent in the back. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, $5 tent. I'm like, guys, that's <laughs> shady. <laughs> that's a thing, though. It it's is a thing. A thing. Yeah. It's a white tent. It's got some weird picture in the front of yep. it. It says, hey, you put a tenner in here. We'll take you to the back of the white tent. Yeah. I don't know what happens back there. Yeah, it's I creepy. think we should all do it. I, I really think that we, two things I want this podcast to do that's not truly hunting and fishing related. I want this podcast to go to the Rattlesnake Roundup yeah, and see that and do what all that entails. And I want us to go to a legitimate South Texas County Fair and do the Chupacabra tent. Hey, well, you know what? The Kendall County Fair is coming up in August, and that's where I saw the Chupacabra for the first time. or I saw the tent for the first time. Put it, put it on the calendar. we got to find out what it is. Wait, if it's is going this on. the calendar you don't do? look at? Got it. No, no. I, I have it now. <laughs> As a way that he is going to look at it. We're only going to put things on there and not tell Cliff. Yeah, mm-hmm. so he has to. Very so important things. So when we have special that, guests. So when we have he, special guests uh-huh. he's very interested in having. Mm-hmm. Well, I he, know he's coming on today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has to look at our calendar. Cynthia, we need to reschedule this trip. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is my family. I get to spend time with my nieces who I haven't seen since pretty much moving to San Antonio. Dang. Yeah. So I'm super excited. Stoked on that. Yeah, you yeah. guys have a good time. You guys have any other stories from the podcast that we've done that are... Ooh, uh, Cliff throwing up in the driveway was... Uh, oh, that gosh. was recent, too. It yeah. was cud, not oh, throwing. Humans laughed. don't have That cud. was hard to edit because I couldn't stop laughing because you guys were laughing. <laughs> it, it was, man. It was. Yeah, that was a fun What people don't know is like there was like a... We'll call it a pre-show version of that. Uh-huh. It was... Just like five minutes of laughing and just, you couldn't make anything of it. It's like, I don't know where I'm going to start this thing. <laughs> y'all are just laughing. Was, and, and Cliff's like, and it, yeah, to your point, you were always, it's not throw up. It wasn't. It's could. It's no. you, if it regurgitated from your stomach through your mouth to the ground, that's called throw up. No, yeah. it's cut. No, it was. It's cut all day long. You're not a goat. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> okay, no. <laughs> oh, my favorite story is actually with Sam. That story of the Japanese, Japanese, Japanese yeah. tea gardens. Yeah. I was like, oh, my oh, gosh. That, that is just hilarious. so crazy. It was funny, I thought. Evan, would you? let me ask you this. What did you think mm. about the deer story, about the deer I killed in San Antonio? You know, the whole time. I, I never I, asked you about that. The whole time I was listening to that, I was wondering, what's the legality here? Well, you right? can't collect it, apparently. No, I, I wish Texas would change that. I would, I because in Kansas, they have, I don't know what they call it, the, the roadkill. Salvage. Kill, roll, yeah, salvage, roadkill tag. Um, you know, so you can, you can collect them. And but what's yeah, the thought? The thought is that if they, if they have them, people will run over deer on purpose on to purpose. kill them, right? Yeah, okay. exactly. I mean, it's going to happen. It's not like. But would that number be so negligible that it actually would mean that the deer who are hit on accident would actually. If you know anything something? about. You know, how, how meat is processed, you wouldn't run over your deer to collect the meat because that essentially ruins the meat. That's true, The, yeah. the bruising and the, yeah. all that stuff. Uh, yeah, my whole question was the, the legality of it. Um, and then, I, I honestly, I really thought, I was like, is this like a 30-minute prank? Because this would be awesome if this was no. not, not real. But no. it's real. It's real. Yeah. It's odd, it's odd to me. Oh, he gave me so much because I actually went out. Sorry. I actually went out <laughs> deer hunting. I woke up. Super early, I traveled north by multiple hours. Like, it wasn't just a short trip. And went deer hunting, 
got skunked the whole like day that I was out there. I was it, it was. Let me back much. up. You invited me to go with you on this trip, and I yeah. couldn't because I had to work. It was me and Greg, and we invited you to go as well. And we went up there. It turned out to be a scouting trip for the most part, but we had a lot of fun. Uh, didn't see anything. On the drive out, we did on some private land, so that was kind of like, oh, uh, thanks. Um, and that morning while we were still like setting up or getting out there, like kind of settling in and doing our thing, you text us like, you kill a deer yet? And I'm like, no, we're just kind of getting here. And you're like, I have. <laughs> I just don't, you have way more patience than, than I do. Cause I'd have just done the deed and walked away. And if anybody was crying or hollering or carrying on, I would have just, have a nice day. I didn't know you what know? to do. I didn't think that that would really happen. You had and so much more patience. Sometimes, than me. yeah, the way I, he's like, you're actually trying to like, like, say, I'm negotiating with, you. I with been this like, guy. Sorry. Well, that's why I thought. I was like, man, is this a prank? Is this like a third? No. Because you get, you're like, and then the next person shows up, and I'm like, whoa, hold on, wait a minute. <laughs> you know what's going on here? The clown car. But but it is very dangerous. So I've had to, we'll call it dispatch a deer that way. And it's a very dangerous thing because they may be paralyzed from wherever they are, but they're still a wild animal and they still have that instinct to fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And hooves are sharp and heads are, their, their skulls are tough. And they, yeah. got, they got hard heads. I mean, that's, that's, that's a dangerous thing to do. Did I tell the story about the time I hit a deer in my Jeep uh, on that podcast? So I was coming mm -hmm. home... It, I don't remember. Real, real quick, I'll, I'll tell it. So I was coming home. I'll just I, cut it out if we don't like it. I was following. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, beat, I beat the crap out of my Jeep. I had dents on like all four corners. It's set for one on the driver's side, like front corner. And I was following my dad down the road. And a deer runs out in front of him, turns back out. And then runs between <laughs> us, and I tag it. It's a little doe, and I tag it straight in, hit its head. Its whole body flips around and hits the side of my Jeep and pretty much paralyzes it. I drag it to the side of the road, and I go and check my Jeep. And there's legitimately a deer face implant on my driver front corner, and then all down the side <laughs> of my Jeep where... <laughs> Where it like knocked all of it out. There's a lot nice. of bleeping. I have to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what happens whenever we pre-show for two hours, smoke some cigars, <laughs> and drink and whiskey. Too finish much. off some whiskey. So or Miller Lite. So all right, like I said, I've been drinking since before you got here. <laughs> so we've talked about the past. What what do we want to see from our perspective? Maybe our listeners would be interested in this. Like, what do we want? Honey Hole Hangout, to continue to be or grow into, what do you guys think? What I'm looking forward to is this adventure and opportunity that we have with Waypoint from a growing standpoint. I think that it's going to give us more opportunity to have different guests that we have not had access to. I think it's going to give us more opportunity to have a better quality podcast at this point. Um, I think that it's going to offer us a exponential 
opportunity to just grow. And mm-hmm. from there, the sky's the limit with us. Yeah, I think growing is, the impor- is important. But I think, like, I like what you said, though, is that the main thing is I want to make sure that, like, we're having a good time by meeting new people. But also that, like, you guys listening are enjoying it. And we'll be able to give you guys new things, exciting things. But also, like, not the same old thing. You know, I would agree that I think coming on the pipeline, we have some really exciting opportunities to meet new people and bring on some we really... We have some really exciting guests coming. I would agree. Like, people who a year ago, if you told me they were going to be on our podcast, I'd be like, that's pretty amazing, you know? So I'm excited for those coming down. I think you guys I are I still think it's amazing some of the people we're getting Oh, on. for sure. But, like, if you told me a year ago when we're sitting there thinking, Shoot, we like, have Evan on our podcast. He's a living legend. <laughs> Look at the him. The man, the myth. Look at that hair. Gosh. I, did a, I did a duck call once on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm around him so much that it's like, meh. <laughs> I got my hair cut, four inches taken off, and styled yeah. it and sent a picture to Cliff, and he didn't even reply. Did you notice? I, I, I didn't got even nothing. notice. The only thing I noticed is you ain't got the pink in your hair no more. Hey, it's speaking green, of hair, what you, you, would you guys think of the Smith River mustache? Decided to go to Montana with a mustache. The dirty stash? The dirty stash. Oh, the cop stash. Yeah. Mm. I think you should keep it. I liked it. You guys liked it? Honest opinion, y'all aren't just saying that? You, mi- you, you missed it. Because the wife does not like it. But then I don't have to kiss you every night, so you know what? <laughs> keep it. <laughs> What's the guy's name from Super Troopers? Oh, uh, Farva. 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 That's, yeah. yeah. Um, Leader of Cola. <laughs> yeah, that's what he looked like. Um, you missed it when I had just the stash. Or did you see the just the stash? I saw your stash. Were you gone? He was gone. There was I, there was. A yeah, short I think time. I think it was either the episode was just me and you and maybe Cassio. It, it must have been yeah. because it was a short period of time where I shaved everything down to get like a, a clean slate on the beard, but I didn't want to go clean shaving, so I kept the mustache. Oh, hey, how did how did that experiment work? Do you feel like you grew back thicker and fuller? No. Let's ask no. the important question: <laughs> What did Cynthia think? She didn't mind it too no? much. Yeah. No. There you go. That's a green light. All right. So, uh, yeah, I, I would have to agree with, like, where we see, like, where we're hoping to Even, go with agreeing with Zach. And, Clis- and I think, you know, um, I, I kind of believe if something's not growing, it's dying. So we want to make sure that we're growing, which we have been. And, again, the minute that this isn't fun for us, we're done. you guys are going to be able to tell. Yeah. And right now we're having a ton of fun. I can't believe we're at episode 50. We're doing hunting and fishing trips together. Uh, we got a crane hunt scheduled. We're trying to fish, do fishing trips. We're making videos, doing the podcast. It's all fun for us. Ian's having a blast writing fantastic articles on the website. Yeah. I think Evan likes editing the podcast, or he I pretends do. to do. No, he I pretends to. And <laughs> so, and what I really want to do more of, and I'm really sad I missed out on, uh, was the Texas Fly Fishing and Brew Festival. Yeah. I really want to go to shows and just talk to people. And meet well, guys. DUX is this weekend or next weekend we can go up to Ducks up in Dallas. When you're in Florida? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I'm, and, and I'm in going, Yellowstone? Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, that sounds great. Sure, yeah. Landon, you can well, last, Landon and I will go. Yeah. <laughs> last time yeah. it was just me and Carson, Carson. so don't I, give me that crap. Yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. I do think we need to plan on doing more of those, though. I, I think, think I'm excited fest, to go meet. Like, exciting to be at Trout Fest and like yeah. trying to record at these shows, like doing what you guys did, where y'all like sat down with people that were at the shows and talked to them was really cool. And I want to do uh, 
definitely do more stuff like that. We need We're to just, order some of that morning whiskey coffee. I just I keep getting uh, seeing their Instagram right now. I'm like, I could, I could yeah. get some. It's good stuff. There's two things of coffee that I want to get this year for special occasions, and morning whiskey is one of them. However, I wouldn't I wouldn't brew it and bring it to work though. It smells like bourbon. No, right? I, I definitely did. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's a little different. I'm going to have to get it for us for our duck hunts. Yeah. It's yeah. good. To be honest, that first morning I was driving home and it was in my cup and I was like, I was like, I thought I washed this Yeti out because it smells straight up like bourbon. Hmm. And I was like, oh, it took me a while to realize, oh, that's right. It's I think, the I think it's, it's more subtle when there's actual coffee in it. Uh-huh. But then once it does start to like, you, you hit it on the lips, you you finish it out, it smells like bourbon. You don't yeah. taste as much, but you definitely no. you smell, yeah, you it, smell it. Yeah, it is like, okay, this was definitely in bourbon barrels. I'm looking forward to more sound clips that you guys don't know about. <laughs> yeah. yeah so I'm excited for those. <laughs> Evan has putting, been putting a pile of sound clips yeah. away that we haven't been able to hear yet. I think he's saving them for the right moment. To yeah. destroy yeah. our lives, yes, <laughs> probably to use his blackmail. They're, 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 the ones that we, the really? ones that we heard today, are definitely like paid per, paid subscription types <laughs> of stuff. They're, well, most of them are from Landon and Cliff. Zach's pretty clean, and most of Ian's are just. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Who has the most? Me Ian, or Landon? Ian with the laughing, I think, has the most. Yes, and but then the dirty ones. after that, you. Yeah, I feel like you have, you have <laughs> yeah. the one-liners that just kind of yeah. come out of nowhere. Yeah. I mean, they're great, but I'm just also like, whose brain thinks like that? Cliff. <laughs> so that's what I was going to say. Is I was going to go back to the, the mustache looked okay on Landon, but you with the mustache, knowing you're from Georgia, I mean, it's just like you'd be driving uh, a creeper my, van and going, hey there, fella. Even my, like <laughs> – my persnickety brother, who never gives me a compliment <laughs> for anything, does was he like, listen to the podcast? No, oh, he don't give two craps about this. Uh, he he even said because I sent it in a, a group chat with my mom, my sister, and my brother, who are normally like, mom will give like good like words of encouragement and stuff. My sister's normally like, yeah, but Clay never gives anything like positive to say. Like anything's always just like that stupid. It's dumb, it's well, ugly, or whatever. Brother. What do you expect? Exactly. He was like, no, I think it looks all right. <laughs> that was the best you could get. That was the best I got. I'd call that a compliment. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Take it, man. That's all good. What I say today in the group chat? I don't even know. <laughs> all right. I just got off the rails real fast. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, this was a good 50th episode. Hey, man, here's the 50 more. Here's to 50 more. No, more than 50 more. At least 50 more. At least 50 more. Okay. I'll yeah. accept that. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. We will have you listen to us next week. Yeah. I, don't, I think that's the right way to say that. Was that a double negative? I knows? say we'll see y'all next week, but we never see them. We'll see. They just hear us. We'll see you I think I'm overthinking we'll this. We'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you next week. We'll see you yeah. down the river. We'll see you down hit the it. river. Yeah, just hit it. Yes. Yeah, just, there you yeah, go. We'll talk to you next week. I'll fix it, guys. <laughs>